Hello and good day everyone, welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm joined here with my co-host, as well as a special guest, and I am one of your hosts, Kevin Finkel. Hey everybody, it's Ryan, I'm the uh, Cardboard Samurai out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan, and guest, how you feeling? Can you introduce yourself? Hey, it's uh, Kanu, I guess better known as Kanaman11, how's everyone doing? Good to be back. Doing good. Hey, doing pretty good. Yeah, we had you on, I want to say, it uh, right before Organized Play was starting, about like a month back, maybe? Yeah, something like that. I think it might have been in May. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, and uh, Organized Play is now, of course, uh, I guess into full swing now. I guess it started, um, and uh, we don't have any new cards coming out or anything else uh, big on the horizon, so... There's really not much to talk about new cards or new deck-wise, so I'd like to continue with our the Pioneer 101 series to kind of help new players that are, you know, uh, getting into the format and, you know, trying to learn various decks. And as many of our listeners might know, Connorman, um, if you follow him on his stream, which is just Connorman11, right? Yeah, with one N. With <laughs> one N. Yes. Uh, he, he streams a lot of Parhelion, so that's what we got him on here uh, to talk about today. We have all the different flavors of Parhelion, and he's going to help us break it down and uh, you know go over the cards, uh, etc., etc. Is that cool with you, uh, Connor? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, so yes, we yep, have... Sounds good to me. Yeah. Kevin, did you want to say anything? Or nope, I'm, take I'm it away? good. Go ahead. And, uh, so yeah, we're just going to lead out with some questions here try and get an idea of what the deck looks like what the best things about it are as well as try and figure out what the different flavors of it are because like ryan was saying we've seen a lot of different versions they play somewhat differently Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say that there's a best or a single deck that list that uh should be people playing but we're seeing all kinds of versions of it we'd love to hear about that and see uh what might be good in the future for pioneer Mm -hmm. so first question connor um just in general what is the pine? Sorry, the Parhelion archetype or the Greasefang archetype, as some people call it. Um, so, like, how does it win? What's like the core, you know, theme of the deck? Basically, um, you want to have a Parhelion in your graveyard. You know, that's a giant, giant vehicle. It's a five-five flyer for strike vigilance. It's got tons of text on it, and whenever it attacks, mm-hmm. you get two four-four um, angel uh, flying vigilance tokens that are attacking. And it has crew four. Mm-hmm. And so very importantly, it's perfect with the crew four because they printed a card recently um, from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty called Greasefang Okiba Boss. And it's three mana in black and white for a four three. That says at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may return target vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. And then return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the end step. So essentially, you go to your combat with Greasefang in play and then Greasefang will get back Parhelion from the graveyard, and then Greasefang, very conveniently, has four power, mm-hmm. and that crews your Pahillion, and then you can attack with Pahillion, and it's an attack for 13 in the air, and you get two 4-4 four, four Vigilance tokens with flying left that don't go away, and Pahillion goes back to your hand at the end of turn, and it's just an extremely powerful thing to be doing on turn three in Pioneer. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. You can do it on turn three, right? Oh, you, know, you can even do it on turn two. It's a lot more rare, but, <laughs> you know, it's it's doable, you know? Okay. You have to be pretty so, lucky. So, uh, like we said, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. So to go into a little bit more detail, um, you know, we got three different flavors. We have the Mardu type, we have the Esper type, and now we have the Abzan type. 
And I kind of, can you just give us like a, a, again, not to go into too much detail because we're going to go into that a little bit. What's the difference overall between uh, Esper, Mardu, and Azan? How do they play a little bit differently? Um, so the um, Esper list, which is the one I'll start with, which is the most, the one I'm the most familiar with, and it's kind of the one that I sort of, you know, it's the one that I sort of started with and brought it to the fourth one. I had the first 5-0 with it, I think, on MTGO. Um, that list is just like playing, like it's it's funny, it's changed so much, you know, since its inception. But um, it's, you get to play the blue spells, which is obviously good. You know, you can have your flavor of like a lot of, the list now are playing Ledger Shredder, which seems to be quite popular mm-hmm. in the list, but it's kind of awkward in the last couple of weeks, maybe up to a month. There hasn't really been a list that's been putting up consistent results. It just kind of feels mm. like it's now a days is kind of whatever, you know, whatever the certain player likes in their deck list is what they'll play, right? But for the most part, it's like, you know, you get to play, you know, some people are playing, um, Stubborn Denial, stuff like that. Ledger Shredder seems to be very popular. Mm-hmm. Consider is another popular one. Um, there's a more recent mm-hmm. list with like Rafine Scheming Seer, which is a list that I haven't played yet myself, yeah. but I want to try out. And then, you know, obviously you've just got Grease Fang and Pahelion. So that's the Esper version. Um, and then you Okay, what about Mardu? Yeah. How does that play differently? Yeah, so Mardu is actually the one that I'm the least familiar with, but I have played it a few times. And. Um, well, I've played it a lot. If you need some, <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that you uh, you're a motor aficionado. <laughs> yeah, but I've so from what I've um, from my experiences playing the deck, it sort of feels like you're playing the elements of Rakdos midrange, Blood Tithe Harvester, you know, Fable, you know, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. and then mixing that in with playing White for Parhelion and and uh, Grease Fang, right, and then. Um, I get. I think sometimes there's Wandering Emperor. Sometimes I think that card's a bit more um, common in Esper. But when mm-hmm. I played the deck, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like it was just mostly the Rakdos midrange cards mixed in with Pohelion. Yeah, right? yeah, I would I would totally agree. I think you know um, the uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker is just a great card all around, and I mean maybe there's a, a few less there's less targets for it to hit in this, but the discard getting the body. Um, all, all that stuff, they're all relevant um, modes, I, I think, for, for the deck. And then, like you said, uh, Harvester, great way to discard any of your uh, Parhelions from your hand. And uh, you also get Kroxa. If you're putting a lot of stuff in the graveyard with like Stitcher Supplier, you have like another win condition. Yeah, Kroxa is an interesting one. I'm actually not that high on Kroxa in the format in general right now. Like I think it's kind of medium, but mm-hmm. like in general, it's a good card, you know? Ignoring the meta and mm-hmm. stuff is just a powerful magic card. You know, it's one of the busted escape cards from that from that set. So, but yeah, yeah. that's Mardu. And then the other style is Abzan, Abzan. which kind of made yeah. a comeback because in the Pioneer Super Qualifier, just this past week, I, when was it? It was on um, July second, um, and that was a pretty big tournament. It went seven two, which is really good. That's a that's mm. one of the better results for any Pohelian strategy recently. And I played that deck on stream um, just a couple of days after it put up the result. And it felt pretty good, 
honestly, but mm-hmm. basically that deck is like you're playing green, right? It's basically all yeah. all the decks are black, white, and then choose a color. You know, either green, red, or blue, right? So then it's just pick a color. Mm-hmm. So you're playing green, and what do you get with green? You get Grizzly Salvage, Say the Wayfinder, with the blue command. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting Traverse the uh, Ulvenwald. I think I think I said that right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and a really big one is ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about about Traverse? Yeah. When we get into the list, I'll definitely ask. You mean right? Yeah. 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 And that that list felt. Um, it's basically every list has has a different plan B. That's the way to look at it. I mm-hmm. think is Esper's plan B is you know a little different. Usually, it's involves some kind of planeswalker, wandering emperor, something mm-hmm. like that. And then Mardu's plan B is like Blood Tithe Harvesters and Fables and, you know, the more Raxos. Yeah. And then Abzan mm-hmm. is more just like Chariot, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so just smash face. So if I wanted to... So, okay, I mean, I'm just going to jump in here because I haven't talked much. You guys can kind of see why I'm being quiet this episode. These guys are both big fans of Grease Fang. I have not played the deck much, so I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. Would it be oversimplifying to say that the backup plan... You know, I really like that idea that the backup plan for each of them is different... Mardu, the backup plan is aggro. Abzan, the backup plan is mid range. Esper, the backup plan is control. Or is that you know kind of oversimplifying? Um, I don't. I mean, I would say that Abzan is more aggro because some lists are actually playing the, uh, the Regisaur as well, which is a seven six beater. Oh wow! And I would say that uh, Mardu is more mid range. Hmm. Okay, so, you know, Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a great mid range card. Yeah. That makes some sense. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Like, I think either yeah. deck, Mardu or Abzan, can both, like, play... They can both plan B, mid-range, or aggro. Like, in the... I'm gonna... In the Mardu deck, you can just, like, punch punt out a bunch of Blood Tide Harvesters, 2-mana, 3-2s, and just go from there, right? And start bashing mm-hmm. face, and... Or you can try to do a mid-range style of thingy with maybe Sorn or whatever, you know, and... And then same with Abzan. Abzan's similar, like, you know, why just... just you know, punt out a, a Seeker's Cherry and start attacking, right? So, or you can try to do a more mid-range style plan. Um, so I think both decks kind of do both, but I do agree that Esper Pahelion definitely does the more controlling um, plan B for sure, with Planeswalkers and stuff like that, kind of hanging out, you know, Drago type of stuff. So let's keep on this uh, line of thought as far as comparing the different versions. Uh, so that's the plan B. As far as the plan A, which would you say is the fastest at getting you know the Parhelion and uh, Greasefang combo out? And which one does it the most consistently as far as you know filling the graveyard, finding the pieces? You know what's funny is that's it's actually a really interesting question because hmm. like asking which one can do it the fastest. So technically, you can actually turn to with Abzan. And the way you do that, I mentioned earlier turn twoing, is you go turn one stitch supplier, supplier mills over mm-hmm. Parhelion, Grease Fang, and then whatever. Mm-hmm. All, all that matters is here Parhelion, Grease Fang, and then you go turn two, can't stay away. Get back Grease Fang, and then Grease Fang gets yeah. back Parhelion. So technically, Abzan. Well, is you can the do that Mardu as well. Yeah, Mardu plays stitch supplier, right? Yeah, stitch supplier. Well. Yeah, so you can turn yeah. two with, with Mardu and Abzan. But it's just, it's so unlikely. I've never turned two. Mm-hmm. And I've played both decks a decent amount. I've never had turned two. But Esper is the one deck that is mo- way more consistent at just doing plan A, turn three, Grease Fang, Pohillion. Esper has definitely been the most consistent 
at getting Pahin and play on turn three. But I think the backup plan is a little bit worse than the other the other two decks. Mm. So yeah, I agree. It's it's just really interesting that kind of you know with looking at it that way. You know. You want to jump into some lists? You want to go over uh, Esper first? Uh, actually, I really want to. I really want to talk about this Absent list. You do that one first, then. Yeah, because I'm very. This is a very interesting list. So the seven two one. Right? Yeah. So, what would you say are the core cards of this deck? Like, if you're playing the Abzan version, what cards must be in here? So, of course, we got Grease Thing and Parhelion, but what else? Yeah, so so those two, obviously. And then I think definitely Seeker's Chariot, um, for sure. And then, honestly, I guess Stitcher Supplier is probably stock. But really, mm-hmm. really after that, it's kind of... Like, a lot of the Parhelion decks are now. It's kind of open season after that. Um, this deck list is playing, you know, you've got four Grizzly Salvage, four Witherboom Command, uh, four Seder Wayfinder, and four Rafine's Informant, which I really liked in the deck. You have a ton of ways to mm-hmm. mill a lot. Grizzly Salvage gets back a creature, you know, if it's part of those, like, reveal the top of cards to the library, and then you may put a creature or land card from among them into your hand and the rest into the graveyard. So Grizzly Salvage was quite good for me. You know, I some games where I end of turn, end of my opponent's turn, Salvage, and then I hit a Grease Fang, got back Grease Fang, Untap Grease, yeah. Untap Pahelion, like it, it. It did feel nice in that, um, in that sense, and so I feel like I did. I do want to say, oh. yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say um, the thing that I've had when playing Mardu is that it doesn't dig deep enough, and sometimes I just never draw my my, my Grease Fang, and that's what I like about the Abzan version, getting to dig five, or you know, Seda Windhooter does four. You gonna say something, Kevin? Nope, yeah, keep going. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, so yeah. the Mardu version, I think that version has the best plan B out of the three decks. Mm-hmm. Because that deck, you know, putting Parhelion into play on turn three or four or whatever, that deck does that the least out of the three versions. But its plan B mm-hmm. is the best. That's from my experience playing all three mm-hmm. different versions. I don't know if you agree with that, but... That's my feeling. I, I, I can see that. So, um, yeah, going again, just going back real quick to the Abzan, you think just Stitcher Supplier, Grease Fang, Chariot, Parhelion, and then eat, would you say Grizzly Salvage must be in there or Seder Wayfinder, or are those kind of either or? Yeah, so I like both cards in the deck. It's just that like there haven't been results. You know enough results to mm-hmm. say that those cards are, are stock now, or I or I haven't seen the results. But you know nothing. Mm. You know, maybe just some five O's here that I've missed. You know, but I think both of those cards are great in the deck. I really liked Grizzly Salvage in the deck. I was yeah, that card was great, and Wayfinder was good too. I know they also find lands, right? So yeah, I know Kevin, you weren't too big on Witherbloom Command. I think I like broached the subject of using this card before, and you're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I personally, I think the one version I kind of had tried was the Abzan, and I did find that it doesn't do too much. You know, you mostly want to be playing it to get the mill effect, but there's not often things you can kill with it. Um, it, it, it what's nice is, like, you're trying to be, like, flexible with the card by saying, like, oh, I can answer hate cards, I can kill something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most of the time you're going to end up playing it for, like, just milling and you know maybe something else like it, it doesn't seem to get very many targets at least for when i've played it uh, i don't know what i would play in that spot instead but so 
Um, it, it just hasn't done great for me. Actually, I was watching Yuki Ichikawa last night before I went to bed. He's a really big Japanese player, and he was trying out Avs Empire, and he's played for the last couple streams, and he was playing for Abrupt Decay in the main instead of the Withered well. And I'm wondering if that's just because spirits are SOBs, <laughs> and they just they get they get down there, and then you can't deal with them, and you're just like crap. <laughs> yeah, Abrupt Decay is an interesting one. I the list I played had four Abrupt Decay on the sideboard, but. My thing about Witherboom Command, uh, I've said this a lot, hmm. is that every mode on Witherboom Command is just not that good. Like, hmm. you know, mill three cards and maybe get, and then get a land. Like, and then destroy mm-hmm. target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value to unless it's like so like specific. But in saying that, that specific one I just mentioned does hit unlicensed hearse, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. So it was okay in the league I played. Apparently, it's also good against Mono Green. You can kill Lano Elf with it and still mill cards. So it was actually... I thought it was just going to be just horrible when I played with it. And it actually turned out to be not bad. So, you know. So can you explain Traverse the Uvenwald in here? I still haven't wrapped my head around why that's in there. It doesn't really grab Perhelion. It grabs Grease Fang, you know, if you need it to, I guess, or Early Land, but... Yeah, so that's why it's in there. Why are you playing this? That's why it's in there, like... It's just for it's just for grabbing Grease Fang in game one, anyways. Then you also mm-hmm. have a bunch of sideboard creatures, um, which is something I'd really like to talk about actually, because that's what really the sideboard really didn't jive with me. But Traverse, you know, can grab you like you've got Pelucanos, of course, of Kufix and stuff on the sideboard, right? Scavenging Ooze, uh-huh. you know, yeah. Ishakan, Outland Liberator. Like you've got all these crazy sideboard creatures that can also grab. So. Yeah, I like them. But yeah, the fact that it misses grabbing Pahillion or Chariots, kind of like. Mm, you know, and it also helps just grabbing the uh, the the bait. It's funny there's only one basic in the deck, so. But I did have a game mm-hmm. where just playing it just to grab a basic land was just good for me on turn one. So, I think it's okay. I could see maybe it being something else, but I think it's okay. I lost to uh, the red land destruction deck because I wasn't playing any basics. So just a word of uh, word of warning to people <laughs> out there. Man, yeah, beats. They're just like, all right, stone rain, stone rain, stone rain. All right, I got nothing. Yeah, cleansing wildfires. <laughs> so be careful when you're playing these decks. Yeah. Um, uh, I do like that idea. Now that now that you mention it, using traverse to get all those uh, one sorry, sorry silver bullets in the sideboard, it's actually really cool. Yeah. So the only problem I really had with the sideboard is all your all these sideboard cards rely on the graveyard. Emrakul, the promise stand, mm. right? Costs less for each card depending on your graveyard. Ishikan. You know, if you have Delirium, we get a bunch of spiders. You know, mm-hmm. Pelucanos has escape. You know, um, it's just... And those are like your three giant bombs on the sideboard that you kind of bring in as like, ooh, surprise, here's Ishikan, right? And then, you know, you're playing a graveyard-based deck that's hardcore using the graveyard. Traverse, you know, you have obviously Grease Fang, right? You really... So you would switch it up then, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was interesting. Somebody in my chat suggested something interesting while I was playing the deck. And they said, hey, man... Where's um oh no I forgot the name, the big five mana green, green guy that like gets triggers. It's a six six. Whenever it attacks, you can like gain oh, three life, uh, make a three three beast. Oh, uh, Gargaroth. Yeah, Elder Gargoth. Elder Gargoth. I was like, hey man, where's Elder yeah. Gargoth? Hmm. I was like, damn dude, that's that's kind of hot. Like, probably better than Ishkana if you ask me. Yeah, like Gargoth would be, you know, if I'm playing Gargoth, that's that's lights out with a lot of decks. You know, it's six six. Mm-hmm. It's against red decks. It's just like okay. Can you deal six damage to this thing? You know, probably not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and you know I like that idea. I was gonna say this like this deck is not optimized, but I like where you're going with this. Like just turning the sideboard into these silver bullets and grabbing like really good you know black, green or or white cards. Yeah, I definitely think there's some things that could be better about the deck for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just not 100 percent sure that you know I go in and make all these changes. Is the deck going to be better? I think, like some minor things, like I think adding Gargoth is just probably a really good sh- strategy. I think there could be some better, like mm-hmm. Polukonos, when I played with it, was just not good. Like, it was just mm. it was just bad. I brought it in a lot of yeah. matches, so I thought it would be good, because, you know, it's got like three mana fighter creature or something, but I had it in, I had played against Mono Red on turn four as a 6-6, six, six, and they just like, they literally just bone crushed it, and it was like, oh man. Mm. And then the ability with it, you know, Damage, you know, Stomp's ability says damage can't be prevented. Mm-hmm. And then Polukono says whenever it's dealt damage, you remove counters and prevent the damage. Well, when they stomped uh. it, it just lost the counters and the damage can't be prevented and it just died. And it was just like, oh man, this is like, Oof. this is so Oof. bad. Like it was like, yeah, it happened right. on stream and it was just like, wow, that's really not good. And like Stomp has played as a four of in like most red decks, you know? It's just... How... Yeah, I was gonna ask you, how do you feel about playing the Regisaur? I saw some people playing the Regisaur version, the seven six that discredit card at you know every turn. Regisaur is Regisaur is such like a love hate card because it's like sometimes you play it on two and three and you're like on the play and you're like, hey man, here's my seven six, you know, huge card that's just gonna dummy mm-hmm. dummy you, right? And on other games, it's like, ah shit, I have a Regisaur in my hand and I want to play Regisaur and you know, then I have to discard a card every turn. And it's just like, mm-hmm. and then you're losing value, and then you like draw a card yeah. you want to keep in your hand, and we just wasn't playing. You're like, mm. so it's, I I like the card, but it's just, it's just such a. I feel like you, I feel like your opponents can play around it. You have the odd time when yeah. you get them, but I feel like your opponents can be like, okay, they have we just saw, you know, let's just keep it in play for a few turns, or maybe just kill it in the upkeep, you know, so it's a two for one, mm-hmm. you know. So it's yeah. very, it's a very Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde style card for me, anyways. So, bottom line for Abzan, I think for me is I like this because of the abrupt decays to deal with mono blue spirits or spirits that any deck that's just like gonna try to stonewall you and count all your stuff just abrupt decay the crap out of them. Yeah, decay's really good. That's with, my take on it. Decay's was really good versus mono blue, but also if you look at Witherbloom, like isn't Witherbloom also kind of good versus them? Like if you go like kill your obsession, yeah, it can be countered, and then kill your creature. It's like holy man. What a blowout, right? Yeah. So there is some blow potential, but I agree that Abrupt Decay, just objectively, is just going to be better versus Mono Blue because it's just an instant, can't counter it. Like, let's go, dude. It's it's the dream card versus Mono Blue, you know? It's exactly right, what you so want. So do you want to do... Is it okay to move on to another version? Do yeah. you want to do Mardu or do you want to do Esper next? Um, Let's do um Esper. Okay. So the Esper list you sent us by Ricardito... Um, so again, what are the core cards of this deck? When you're playing Esper, of course, like we said, you have Parhelion, you have Grease Fang. What are the other cards that you kind of must play in this version? Uh man, Esper Esper is an interesting one because it's my it's my personal favorite version of the list. But geez, is there ever a lot going on here? So I think the cards that you really want to play in the deck, I think you want consider. And mm-hmm. you definitely want Skyship. I think Skyship's, like, for sure. You want one Sky Sovereign console flagship. 
for sure in your main deck. Mm-hmm. That's a really solid plan B in the deck. I've won a lot of mm. games by just we're against humans. Just turn speed, get back it to the ship. Karn too. Yeah, it's it's quite good. And if they call down tick, you know you can just ping it for three, and you're like, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's a really good plan B that fits with Grease Fang. So it's nice. So you know you play Grease Fang, go to combat, get back Skyship. Like against humans, I had a game where I just got back Skyship, killed a human, attacked with it, killed another human. Like you know, and it was just you know it was a nice kill two of your creatures. It's it's good. So I think Skyship for sure. Obviously, Pohelion Grease Fang. And then I think Consider is becoming more more stock. And then, honestly, that's really kind of... Like, it depends what... Because there's a few versions of Esper. There's the more control style. And then there's the more, like, you know, the like the control style plays, like, you want Tainted Indulgence, Faithful Mending, you know, Wandering Emperor, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Some Verdicts here and there. You know, depending on the meta, you know, one in the main deck, or do you want them on the sideboard, or a mix. And then the other version is more like Ledger Shredder, you know, like Ledger Shredder, Thoughtseize, Consider. Is Ledger Shredder kind of main in here now, or is that more of like a <laughs> uh, a flex slot? Um, Shredder is more in the version that's a little bit less control. I think if mm-hmm. you're not playing the like control version of Esper Pohelion, then 100% is for Shredder, and like it's stock. Because that deck plays a lot of one yeah. one one mana spells, so. Yeah, this is the Rafine version. Um, so, do you think Rafine's the, the 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 new deal or whatever? The yeah, Rafine is the knees. It's the new spice for sure. It's you know, huh. it's um, I I kind of like it because it's, it's a two mana two one. You know, enters the battlefield. You connive. I think it's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure if it's going to be stock or anything. Like these Esper decks, you know, we've we've put Esper just through the ringer. You know. We've mm. you know we've played we've played the crap out of it just tons of different versions you know I got a friend um, you know Kaburb is his MTGO name who you know he put up the best result with Esper he came in second like two months ago or something in one of the in the Saturday challenge you know mm-hmm. and you know his list he's been just nonstop tuning the list he only plays Pohelion in Pioneer and he plays it often you know I've played here and there I tune it a lot and it just feels like there's just not a version that's something that's tier one yet, you know? Mm. So you're just really playing like what feels good to you and you're constantly trying to tune the deck to the meta. So it's been tough getting Esper, Esper going. I definitely think it needs speaking, more cards. Speaking of having a backup plan, you said this had the, one of the weakest backup plans. Did you see that list that was basically Soul Flare plus Esper Parhelion? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think my friend is the one that actually made that list. <laughs> See, Ryan's like, no, we can't talk about that silly deck that 5 would uh, yeah. yesterday. We, 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 I knew he wanted to bring up this part. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just making a point. I mean, it fills that gap. You know, it's like, hey, oh, they get rid of this. You just play your Soul Flare getting rid of Zetalpa and all these other cards that you put in your graveyard. And, oh, it's a 4-4 Double Striker, Indestructible, Lifelink, you know. So. Yeah, it's no. You don't. I don't know. Both both plans lose to graveyard hate, right? <laughs> like you just can't be true, rest in true. peace. So, and that's what that's what I kind of wanted to be is I wanted the backup plan that didn't lose to graveyard hate, and then your opponent sideboards mm-hmm. all these graveyard cards in, and you just ignore them, right? and then you just clap yeah. clap them with other cards, whatever wanting imposes and stuff. And that was always kind of where we tried to. That's always kind of where, what we tried to find out is how can we get a solid, you know, plan B. 
and god we've had so many different iterations like kaido was one of the weaker mm-hmm. ones unfortunately because yeah. kaido looked really sweet i remember people were like when it was spoiled oh my god it's a three man of planeswalk drives your cards it phases out it's insane and then sees zero play mm-hmm. right and it's just crap you know there's been there's been a lot of cards we've been through as kind of backup plans emperor is one that's kind of stuck emperor is just a really good planeswalker you know, we had Memory Delusion the deck for a little while, Dig Through Time. Like, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of cards that we've tried, and, you know, they stuck for a week or two, and then they didn't stick, and then they're back again. So, it, Esper's, been, Esper's been tough getting a concrete list. Yeah, it's been going back and forth. It seemed really good at first, and then it went, you know, got hated out, and now it's trying to make its way back, so it's still getting optimized. Uh, Kevin, was there any questions you wanted to ask about Esper? No, I think Esper is reasonable. Uh, is there anything, any specific place where you think Esper is a really good matchup? Um, you know, we might touch on matchups a little bit more, but I'm wondering, uh, you were talking about playing against the meta, but is there a time where you feel like Esper might be in a really good spot? Yeah, so when a big hit to Esper, and this is kind of interesting, was the Lewis ban. The Lewis ban just really did a lot of damage to Esper because one of the worst matchups Esper can have is Mono Green, and... When, when Lewis was legal, a lot of people were playing Ensor Artifact, you know, like Ores and stuff. You know, these decks that, you know, I considered favorable matchups. Lewis was banned, these decks dropped off. And then that's kind of when Pohelion kind of dropped too, because Mono Green showed up. And then all of a sudden, everyone's playing Con the Great Creator, right? And the passive ability on mm-hmm. that is just brutal, right? You know, just activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. That's it. And it's like, oh man. So you can't coup your Pohelion. You can't really do anything with it. <laughs> Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of like good matchups, like so kind of decks that I wanted to see when I was hardcore jamming Pohelion, I was so I always gravitated more towards interesting coming from you know Conoman Eleven was the more control style list, and that was because I just really liked like I remember I added the card Silence into the into the main deck, three of them, and right as I did that, it just. I just put up so many good results. The deck felt so much stronger because there's like Rakdos midrange. A lot of times would go, okay, I've got three removal spells for your Grease Fang. I'm just going to hold up all of them, you know, all game while pressuring you a little bit with my Blood Tide Harvesters. Or is it Phoenix with same thing? I've got Lightning Axe, Fiery Impulse at instant speed to kill your Grease Fang. And then you would just go fourth land, you know, second white source, silence. And then your opponent would go tank, mm. tank, 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 and then just F6. Just pass through their turn. And then you would play Grease Fang, get back Pohelion, do the whole thing. Because Silence is a one-mana instant. Your opponents can't play spells until in turn. So, mm, I like that idea. And it was really something else when I started doing that. So that really made Raptor's midrange feel good. And is it feel good post-board? Because, and Blue-White Control too, actually. Because Blue-White Control really relied on a counter spell. And then you would just open with Silence. And their counter spells aren't very good, right? They have absorb, which hmm. is three mana, so it's really tough for them to have two counter spells in in that in that spot. So, I really liked those matchups where control Rakdos and Is it Phoenix for a while, when we could play cards like Silence and against Rakdos Leyline of Sanctity. When you go turn zero Leyline, you know I just felt so heavily favored, and you just can sit there and sculpt your hand until okay, I've got Silence Grease Fang putting in the graveyard. Let's go, you know, and then just do the thing and the stuff, and they. To have no answers because their sideboard cards are mm. go blank thought sees, you know. So I felt like those were good matchups for Esper, Rakdos, Blue Red, and Blue White. But that's changed a little bit with the way that the Esper decks made up now because 
we kind of need answers to other decks like mono green right and then it's mm. taking away from our good matchups yeah so we, we, it could be good again with the a meta change basically yeah all right you want to move on sorry sorry do you want to move on to mardu or do you want to talk a little bit more about esper or i'm good to move on to mardu yeah um all right sounds so, good hey go ahead yeah i was gonna say uh, oh i said sounds good let's move on to mardu yeah so yeah, let's take a quick look at uh, this Mardu list that I sent you guys. If you open up the link, um, this was uh, like second place, I think, like in a sixty-three person paper event. So not bad; it's pretty decent. Um, again, our main cards are going to be Parhelion and Grease Fang, and you touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, Fable, Fable's a staple in this deck as well. Would you agree, Connor? Yes. So what else? After that, it kind of I think it's a little bit. Uh, uh, murky um what else is going to be a core card you know or do we, does this deck need stitcher supplier um well supplier is an interesting one i think you do want supplier i think for sure the stock cards uh, for sure obviously grease bank pahillion but like blood die harvester fable you know i think those those mm-hmm. two cards are just like a hundred percent in the deck and i really agree with the one of croxa too i actually really like that just as a singleton croxa you just mill it over by accident and then you know, randomly wins mm-hmm. your game just by escaping mm-hmm. it later. So, but I think for sure the hundred percent stock cards are Harvester and Fable, and I think Epicure and Supplier probably both have a, a spot in the deck. I think Epicure mm-hmm. is better than Supplier. I could be wrong there though, um, but I think for sure it's Fable and Blood Tithe, hundred percent in the deck. Those those two cards are just great. They just they and do a lot. This version plays Deadly Dispute as well. Would you say Deadly Dispute is only good in this version because of all the small creatures you can play early on? Yeah, Dispute's interesting. Um, like, obviously, disputing a supplier is just like, oh, man, you know, life's good. But you can also just dispute away, like, the blood token off Epicure and off Harvester, mm-hmm. which isn't the worst either. So I don't mind Dispute here. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's, like, amazing, you know, wow, this card's cracked. But it's it's fine here, you know? Like, if you didn't play it, I wouldn't, you know, put you in jail, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I would... Can't Stay Away, I think, is also kind of necessary. I've seen people either playing that or, um... Uh, what is it? Uh, Soren, the Eventual Bloodlord. But I kind of feel like, you know, if you want to go... If you want to go fast, then Can't Say No, or say Can't Stay Away, is is uh, a lot better. Yeah, and the nice thing about Can't Stay Away is it's got flashbacks, so, you know, you mill it over and... You know, it's, you're like, oh, that feels kind of good. Even though it's five mana, it's still, you know. It's also interesting. There's one Obnix list. Do you guys see that? It's crazy. Yeah. I guess, you know, again, you're taking taking advantage of all those uh, creatures early on. Yeah. Um, if you're really lucky, you can sack a Parhelion. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. That would be <laughs> wild. Man. Now, is Ob- does Obnix list let you discard your own card too? Can you target yourself as a target player or opponent? Um, I think it's only opponent. That's an interesting question, though. Because I believe it's each yeah, opponent. each opponent loses okay. two life unless they just go to code. And then blah, blah, okay. blah. Okay. That card's got a lot of um, text. Anything else? How do you like the sideboard here? You know, sideboard, you know, getting red, I mean, red gives you stuff like Lightning Axe if you want to play it. I, I usually played one one in my uh, build. Um, like we said, Kroxa as well is your other red, red thing. But, uh, yeah, sideboard here, they're playing a braid. How do you like that? Yeah, there's a few things about the sideboard I quite like. Um, the braids, I think, are great. 
Unlicensed Hus, I think, is like that's the number one piece of graveyard hate next to Go Blank and mm-hmm. then probably Rest in Peace. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't talked about how good that card is on the show enough because it is really good in a lot in the meta Hurst? right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Hurst, yeah, Hurst right? is just insane. Like the fact that it exiles too. I remember when it was spoiled, and I'm like, I thought it was. I thought like my friends were trolling me. It exiles too. I'm like, no shot, no shot, buddy. Yep, it's hmm. it's that good. But yeah, the side back to the sideboard. Like that's why I think a braid's great, and having three, love it. Because you got to get those horses out of there, you know? Because we just, you know, as Pohelian decks just get absolutely clapped by horse. It's just bad news if you see that thing. So a braid kills it. Two mana instant. Feels good, man. Um, and then a couple things I really like is there's two Obnixilis and two Trespasser here, which mm. I'm a big fan of. Because Obnixilis seems like a pretty solid plan B, especially against like a control mm. deck. Like, I've seen a lot of people, yeah. myself included, where I just go play Obnixilis and casualty it. The thing about the casualty mm-hmm. with Obnixilis is it's part of the cost. So if your blue-white control opponent goes Dolvin's Veto, you're Obnixilis. You're still going to get one yeah. of them. And it's a Planeswalker mm-hmm. versus blue-white. You know, that yep, yep. potentially deals two damage a turn or they discard a card, which is also good. It's just really good versus control decks. And having access to two more on the sideboard in addition to the one on the main deck... Just feels like a really good choice, you know. And then you keep against blue white, and you sideboard both in, and you know you go, you know you feel good about life. And same with just passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other important part there is mm-hmm. that it's a nice way to get rid of your Stitcher suppliers and other cards to bring back with can't stay away. Because in the kind of matchups where you're going to bring in Obnixilis, it's kind of hard to fill your graveyard sometimes. So you you know you can't be blocking their creatures because they won't have them. So you can get rid of your citrus pliers that way, and it gets you a nice spot to uh, to help mill yourself. Yeah, and let's not forget the Obnixilis ultimatum. It says, target player loses seven life and draws seven cards. I've had hmm. a, a couple scenarios where I just, you know, pinged my opponent for seven, and it just killed them, right? Hmm. So Obnixilis is, yeah. is for real um, a nice sideboard card in this deck for sure, along with Trespasser's great too. Like Trespasser is just so good again. I actually just lost that card. Just before this podcast, I was streaming and I was mm-hmm. playing Mono Red and my opponent had Trespasser in Magdalus Midrange and it was just not good for me. <laughs> Gained him three or four life and ended up winning them a game just barely. So it's a good card versus right. aggressive decks. I, w- I did want to ask one thing about this Marty Greasing build. They're not really playing any main deck removal, you know, aside from Blood, <laughs> Blood Tithe Harvester um, and maybe, you know, like Sky Sovereign, if you can count that as removal. Uh, they have one fatal push in the sideboard and those three abrades, and they have nothing else. Is this the correct way to build it? You think? Are we kind of wasting slots by playing uh, stuff like fatal push in the main board? Yeah, I don't know. It, it like it really looks like they're really not showing any respect for Bolsoic, you know. And mm. I think that deck is is the it's the real deal. It's put up a ton of results. It won the the super qualifier um, over the weekend. Literally just first mm-hmm. place. It, it's a really good deck. And if you're letting your Boris Hulk opponent untap with Illuminated Virtuoso, you're probably dead. You know, you're losing mm-hmm. 80-plus percent of those games because that card is... Yeah. That's the best card in their deck, and it's not close. And, you know, Double Strike Connive every time it gets targeted, it's insane. It can easily get to 8-9 power quickly, Double Strike, and just kill you out of nowhere, right? So, not respecting Boris Hulk is an interesting um, decision. It might have been a meta call from this 
Because was this this was like a paper tournament in in Japan, I think. Or? No, this is a Korea. This guy is a Korean player. Yeah, maybe maybe their maybe their local meta didn't doesn't really have it's a lot of aggressive yeah. doesn't really have a lot of boss heroic. But I mean, one fatal push in the seventy five is just kind of like it. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely has to be meta call for me. You know, it's it's sus. Yeah, and two damping spheres. <laughs> like, yeah. if I was to play this deck online. I would probably cut the damping spheres and just add two more pushes because I don't really think mm-hmm. Lotus combo is a very, is a deck that's around a lot on him on magic online mm-hmm. right now. And I don't mm-hmm. think damping spheres really needed here. I would just jam more fatal pushes and against Lotus, you have four main deck thoughtsies anyways, and you have a fast combo. Like you could potentially just turn three of them, right? You know, mm. and thoughtsies can disrupt them, give you enough time to kill them, you know? So I'm not really going to have this, these two damping spheres on the side with the Lotus Field. Maybe they're there for Mono Green, but I think Mono Green is just probably just unwinnable, you know? And I think that kind of is a good segue into the last part that I want to talk about, and that's matchups. Like you said, uh, for example, uh, Esper is not really good against Mono Green because of uh, Karn, and, um, you know, you... You said that the Mardu version, for example, needs to have that removal to respect decks like uh, Heroic. So what else? Let's let, let's go through the rest. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start? Let's start with Esper, since you know that uh, very well. What are your good matchups? What are your bad matchups? Um, for Esper, so traditionally when I've been playing Esper, you know, I was kind of happy to see um, Racto Sacrifice is a really good one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mono Red was also another good one. Like, they have to have a really good hand. Other words, you know, because they, they don't really have... Historically, they haven't really had any graveyard interaction. Some people pl- started playing Hearse, you know, over the last couple of weeks. But mo- for the most part, they just haven't had any graveyard interaction. And it's just like, they just have to kind of pray that they have good removal spells for your Grease Fang. And then if your opponent is not casting their shocks and they're holding them up for your Grease Fang, that's also fine because that means that you're under a lot less pressure. Life total-wise, you can sit there and sculpt the perfect hand, right? So Mono Reds felt pretty good too. Um, blue white controls felt good too, but that might just be because I have a lot of experience <laughs> beating blue white controls. So, but for me, blue white controls felt really, really good. Like I've had an insane high win percentage against blue white control. Those would probably be the three decks off the top of my head I could think of that were that okay. felt good to play against. You know. So other than uh, Karn. What decks would you say are kind of problems for it? Well, for Esper, the heroic deck is probably a problem. You need to have some mm. like if they play Virtuoso and get on top with it, it's tough. And they have Reckless Rage for your Grease Fang, you know, which that feels really bad. Like Reckless Rage, my favorite hoplite killer Grease Fang is just like, oh man, this is mm-hmm. this is not what I need in my life. That's bad news. So heroic's probably a tough matchup. Because it's a mix of like, you know, being able to pressure your life total extremely well early in the game from the heroic side. They put lots of pressure in play and having one mana instant speed move for Grease Fang, you know, a play set of them in the main deck. And then post board, you know, whatever they want to jam, winning volley, fry, you know, it just, it that match has been tough for sure. Mm-hmm. And obviously current. <laughs> but that's yeah. like you know that's yeah. everyone knows always yeah, always going War of the Spark alright how about uh, Mardu what would you say are Mardu's bad matchups so again I think Karn 
is probably not as bad because they do have a better uh, backup game. Um, still probably Karn is probably favored, I think, in that matchup. But uh, are there any other matchups that you think uh, Mardu might struggle with? Yeah, so I actually think you'd be better at touching on this than me, but from my experience, I think I've played just a couple leagues with it. Um, yeah, Mono Green felt just just brutal, man. And then mm. Rakdos midrange was kind of medium too because it felt like they were doing what we were doing, like plan B-wise, a lot better. And then like thought seizes and stuff to kind of interrupt Grease Fang, right? Mm-hmm. And so that matchup kind of felt like, you know, if they have a decent draw, it's going to be tough to win, you know? Yeah, they're playing more removal, which can interrupt us a lot better. Yeah, other than that, uh, you know, I don't really, honestly don't really know the Mardu deck that well. Maybe you can talk about it. I feel like I struggled with the uh, super fast uh, aggro decks a little bit. I think um, either just not drawing my removal because I'm focusing more on, you know, trying to get my combo out. Uh, Mar- like like you said, midrange does that a lot better. Marty's great against those types of uh, fast aggro decks. This is a little bit weaker. This will prey, I think, on a lot of the midrange decks, though, that you're going to see out there. Um, I think it's good against control... Uh, I, I like, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I didn't like Spirits so much, the Mono Blue version, I thought the Mono Blue version was too fast, but I thought it was fine against, uh, fine against the, um, uh, Bant and also the, what's the other one, uh, the Bant and the, uh, Blue Whites, sorry, sorry, yes, I can't remember the name, yeah. Uh, I like it. I actually like it. I mean, I've 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 gotten a couple five O's at local events around here, and a couple four ones with it. I don't feel like there's any really bad matchups, but I don't think there's a lot of really good matchups against it either. It's kind of like the Jund of Parhelions, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That does make sense, yeah. Because, like, like you said, it's it's balanced. It's a very balanced game. And and then how about the Abzan one? Just off the top of your head, I mean, do you, would you say this has a better matchup against stuff like Karn? Is it going to be worse off? Like, wh- what do you think, you know, what cards w- or what decks would give that deck problems? Yeah, so Karn is still a problem. Karn is just a problem for all three versions of Boilean. There's really no way, mm-hmm. you know, no, there's really no way around that. But um, I think this deck ha- is a little better against Mono Blue Spirits, honestly. And I say that just because, you know, whether you're playing Abrupt Decay or with the Boom Command, both cards are good against Mono Blue Spirits, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and... Maybe maybe Absent's better against Hate in general? Yeah. I would agree with that because, well, with the Boom Command hits, and Abrupt Decay, hits Rest in Peace, right? And, mm-hmm. and it hits, um, uh, Unlicensed Hearse. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's really good. That's a really good... Um, plus for the Abzan version of the deck. It's an interesting deck. Mm. I definitely would like to play it again. You know, with a couple of my own changes, it's really an interesting build, this this Abzan version. You know, with, like, the sideboard polygonos and stuff. And... <laughs> Maybe without that, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to take a hard look at that and try and see. But I'm not sure if this deck is better against Karn. Um, I think it is because Witherbloom is, is actually quite good against Mono Green. Like, you can go, like, you know... Kill your Lana Wolf, kill your Woeful Haven, and just be like, hey man, you know, we still playing Magic mm-hmm. here? What's going on? Like, you know, it's just insane, you know? 
Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to blow up potential versus Mono Green early in the game. So this deck probably has a better matchup versus Mono Green in general because of that. But Mono Greens, you still don't want to see Mono Green. If you're playing Parhelion, no. calling the Great Creator is just the bane of your existence. Yeah, but I like the idea of just switching to all that, that creature package in the sideboard afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like if they're going to hate out your, your stuff, you know, just, okay, drop my uh, my chariots and put in, you know, these big beaters. Yeah, it's definitely um, the, the spice. It's nice. All right. So, Kevin, I, I know you've been quiet this whole time. Is there anything else you want to say about any of these decks? Any questions you want to ask, uh, you know, Connor about you know matchups or card choices no I'm learning a lot I really want to try this Mardu version now uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have to pick up some Obnix lists but maybe that's what I'll have to do or maybe I'll rent them and see what I can do gotta trade that a try because that I think is the one that I was most excited about I'd liked the Abzan versions before but never had had much success with them so I'm definitely going to be uh, you know I learned a lot here I'm also probably going to re-listen to this episode and try and pick up some more because a lot of good information here. Like, really appreciate you coming out of the show, Connor, man. Yeah, cool. It's, uh, hey, I'm just glad to be here. You know, the podcast is sweet. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and again, yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hoping our listeners just get a lot out of these types of episodes just to become not, not only better players, but also to kind of just enjoy the format a little bit more. And I'm sorry I rushed you guys through this episode and kind of controlled the whole thing, but I do have to leave pretty soon. So is it okay if we wrap it up? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you enjoy your vacation. Connor, man, you feel a little better. I know you were feeling a little sick this week. Um, I'm just going to keep on being me, uh, and hopefully our listeners can keep on being you. Uh, anyways, we are the First Pioneers Podcast. Um, the best thing to do is to go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can keep up to date with everything that we tweet out, which is always Pioneer content. Uh, we retweet and tweet all kinds of great content there. You can also find a link to our Discord. If you want to be more in touch with us, you can jump in there and have some conversations with us, share deck lists, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, YoJapanHobbyist. We did post these deck lists uh, in our Pod Live chat channel if you want to check those out afterwards. And they should be up on the uh, Untap League website as well. Uh, we'll make sure that they go up there. Uh, Connor, do you want to uh, you know, throw any shout-outs or uh, promote anything? Yeah, first of all, shout out to you guys doing the podcast, having me on for a third time. Hmm. You know, I'm glad I didn't screw things up the first two times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah. Um, I guess I, I stream on Twitch, uh, Connorman11. That's with one N, Connorman11 on Twitch. Same on Twitter. Um, yeah, I play tons of Pioneer, and I guess that's why I'm here, talking on your podcast because Pioneer is sweet. Yes, thank you again. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer inf- information online. And we are your First Pioneers Parhelying out. <laughs>